favorite toys to play with for sure was the Transformers, right? Anybody, any, any Transformers fans growing up? Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so did you have the, like, the Optimus Prime uh, semi and the, at the time, the Decepticons were led by, was it Megatron? And he could be a gun or a plane. And so you could have maybe both of those, but the gun was kind of like you'd turn it into a gun and then nobody would let you play with it. And so you had to uh, always transform it into something else. And then Bumblebee was always the best, you know. And, and uh, so the Transformers, the great thing about the Transformers was you would go buy them in the toy store and they would look one way. It would be one toy, but you knew it was almost like getting two for one, you know? You knew that if I bought this, I could turn it into something else and it like doubles my money, right? And, and so, so it was the greatest toy in the world. So you buy these things and they turn into a robot or they turn into some vehicle or something like that. And do you guys remember the theme song of the cartoon? It went Transformers more than meets the eye, right? Uh, Transformers, robots in disguise. And there was probably more to that, but I'll save you from it. And, uh, and so, yeah, so Transformers, more than meets the eye. It was like there was this thing, there was this robot, there was this airplane, there was this uh, slug bug, you know, kind of deal, or Camaro nowadays, uh, and, and how far we've strayed from the original purity of Transformers. But, but, uh, but, na- but there was this thing, but there was also more than this thing as well. And it just took somebody to see it and to be able to make it happen. And s- there's part of me, we're in the story of Jesus' feeding of the 5,000, and it's in Mark uh, chapter 6, and hopefully you guys remember that from last week. We acted that out several different ways, and, and so hopefully you remember the contours of that. But, but we're talking about these four different action words that Jesus does when, when the f- bread and the fish are brought to him. And so last week we talked about Jesus taking them, and this week, we're obviously on, on this concept of blessing, but let me just uh, recap a little bit of the story because my sense is that something similar is happening with the bread and the fish. When Jesus takes these bread and these fish, I mean, there, there is bread and fish there. There are five loaves and two fish, and everybody can see that, and Jesus takes them as such. But there has to be something going on where they're also more or they become more or they have the potential to become more. Because as they're on their own, as the little boy brings them to Jesus, they're only able to feed one man in a family, maybe. Uh, Not 5,000 of those family units. There's just no way, right? And so there has to be something where they are this, but they're also more than this as well. And so, so you remember the story, it, it goes in, in Mark chapter 6, uh, the disciples have just come back from being sent out by Jesus to preach about the kingdom of God and, and do miracles, all kinds of different things uh, in, in the kingdom of God. And then they come back, they learn that John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, their friend, uh, some of them had followed John the Baptist as a disciple of his before they followed Jesus. And, like, and, uh, and they just learned that John the Baptist was killed by King Herod. And so they're kind of regrouping, they're needing some time to catch their breath and and so Jesus inc- says to them, let's go get in a boat, go to the other side of the lake. And all the crowds find out about this, and they beat a path around the lake, and somehow they beat them to the other side. Like Jesus and the disciples are like the slowest rowers ever or something. And so, so when they get there, there's this whole crowd that is assembled, and Jesus has compassion on them, and he spends all day teaching them and healing them and talking to them about the kingdom of God. And then they come 
towards the end of the day and the sun's starting to go down and one of the disciples comes up and says, Jesus, it's time to send these, guys, these people home because they're tired and they're hungry and we don't have anything for them. And so send them to the, the surrounding villages uh, to find something to eat and get some rest. And Jesus says, uh, you give them something to eat. And they're like, are you crazy? You know, like uh, it, it would take a half a year's wages to, to buy food for everybody just to have a bite. And Jesus sends them out to scour in the crowd for some food. And they find one boy who forgot to eat his lunch. And so uh, they bring this boy and his lunch before Jesus. And, and uh, this is in John's account. And the, the boy um, hands this food to Jesus. And and it's insignificant, and it's never going to make a dent. We talked about this last week, but Jesus uh, takes it, and he says, I can work with this, essentially. And the very next thing Jesus does, you notice Nathan, who was playing the part of Jesus last week, and then the second service, they did the same thing, um, almost just by reflex. When I, we got to the point where we said, and Jesus gave thanks, they did this, right? And, and, and there was this motion of taking this, uh, these elements that were given and then lifting them up to God and giving thanks. Jesus takes it, but then he gives thanks for it. Or you might say, and your translation might say this, he blesses it. Jesus takes this food, this offering that's given to him, and then he blesses it. He speaks a good word over it. He gives a benediction over this food, This speaks something good over it, gives thanks to, for it. A lot of times we use this phrase, give thanks and saying the blessing. We use these interchangeably, don't we? Uh, it, it is recognized a lot of times we'll do this around the dinner time. And so we'll take this food and we'll say, who wants to say the blessing or who wants to give thanks? And it's a way of, for us to say, there is this food here that needs to be properly situated in God's world and recognized as the gift that it is for us before we eat it, right? And, and so you give the blessing or you say thanks, you give thanks or you say the blessing. And Jesus basically, he does this, he gives the blessing over the food. And in doing so, the first thing Jesus does after taking the bread and the fish is that he recognizes them as gifts of God for hungry bellies that are gathered there on that day. Jesus sees them for what they are, but he also recognizes that they are more than that as well. Are you with me here? Now remember, the whole time I'm talking about bread and fish in this series and what Jesus does with the bread and fish, the whole point of this series is that these four things that Jesus does with the bread and fish are the kinds of things Jesus does with us and with our circumstances on a regular basis, right? And so Jesus takes this thing that seems insignificant, that seems like it's never going to make a difference, and then he blesses it. He speaks a good word over it. He gives thanks. He situates it in the kingdom of God and, and, and recognizes it as God's gift for what it is, for the hungry bellies that day. And so he also, um, in doing that, helps, helps to say that there's something more going on about this as well. The blessing Jesus speaks in thanks to God, infuses the food with meaning by recognizing its place in the kingdom of God as the gift of God. They look like bread and fish, and they are. They are that. 
But they're also more than that as well. And so when Jesus blesses, it's like Jesus is saying, this is bread and fish, but it's also this collection of elements that God made and that now God is going to use to feed this whole crowd, right? And Tyler, I've got some announcement or some slides, I think, that um, you ought to be able to run through. There's a PowerPoint presentation. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. So this is this, the blessing infuses kingdom meaning into something ordinary by properly situating it in God's kingdom. Let's just let that settle there for just a minute. The blessing of Jesus here infuses kingdom meaning into something ordinary by properly situating it in God's kingdom. This is what Jesus does with the bread and fish, but Jesus does this all the time on a regular basis. And, and do you see how this works? I mean, it's just a word, but we've already talked about how powerful words are and how, how much they can change the meaning, how much they can say, oh, wow, there's an extra perspective here, and I totally missed this. And Jesus does this all the time by going around, and when he's talking about the kingdom of God, he's helping people understand who have a limited perspective, who only see things according to the way the kingdoms of this world works. Jesus is trying to help people see that's not all there is to whatever it is you're experiencing and whoever it is that you are and whatever it is that we've got in front of us that we're working with, this belongs in the kingdom of God and in the kingdom it has a whole different kind of meaning and reality. Just in the act of Jesus giving thanks and blessing this and situating it in God's kingdom, it transforms it. Jesus uh, doesn't just do this with bread and fish. He does and says things like this that apply to us as well. For example, at times, Jesus would say things like, blessed are the poor in spirit. And we'd say, yeah, that's all we feel. That's all we see. And the poor in spirit would say, there's nothing more. But Jesus said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and this is at the beginning of, uh, of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is going to be talking about a kingdom style of life and, and talking about the kingdom of God that's coming. And so he begins that sermon with the Beatitudes. Blessed are this. You see this one way. You experience life this one way. You might see yourself or understand yourself in these terms. But when the kingdom of God comes, it changes everything about not, not just how you see things, but who you are and where you're going and what promises lie ahead for you? Blessed are the poor in spirit. They are that, but they're also more than that when they're placed in the kingdom, when they're seen in the kingdom, when they're experienced in the kingdom. Maybe you've had an experience like that where you've been poor in spirit and God has come near and the kingdom has somehow settled over you, uh, and it can happen in all kinds of different ways. Maybe it was just a kind of a spiritual uh, understanding, or maybe it came in the embrace of one of the body of Christ, you know, that came alongside of you and recognized, it helped you recognize that, yes, I'm poor in spirit, and that's a reality, but there's more than that reality that is more real than this reality. Jesus doesn't stop there. You know the rest of it maybe. Blessed are those who mourn, he says. Has that ever been you? Has that ever felt like that's the only thing there is? 
Jesus says, when you are that, that's not all that you are. They will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In the words of blessing, man, when Jesus speaks a good word over something, when he speaks a kingdom reality word, when he lifts up something that seems otherwise ordinary to God and situates that thing or that person in God's kingdom properly, it is transformed. It's changed. It, it's, not, it's infused with meaning and it's a- absolutely changed. In the words of the blessing, Jesus is helping people in all kinds of places and experiences see themselves within the kingdom of God in which all things will ultimately be set right. Jesus is helping people see themselves in this kingdom. And so there are these things, mourners and hungry people and thirsty people and peacemakers and meek, etc. But because of the greater and deeper reality of the kingdom of God to which they all ultimately belong, they are also more than those things. And so are you. So are you. Whatever your experience has been this week, you'd put a label on it. I'm a failure. I'm a disaster. I'm a train wreck. I'm a huge success. I'm a, you know, like the the center of all the good things in the world. Whatever it is, uh, you're more than those things as well. You are a child of God. You belong to the kingdom of heaven that Jesus came to bring about. You are more. Now, it's not just about us. So are you are more, but so are your circumstances. Your circumstances are more than what they seem. This is why in the scriptures you can find places where people are going through all kinds of trials and hardships and, and Paul will say something like, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you go through tough times, it's because he recognizes that those tough times also have a deeper meaning and value when they're placed into the kingdom and the trajectory of what God is doing in the world. There is that, but there's also more than that. Your circumstances uh, are more. The people you are going to meet today are more than what you see them to be. They have an incredible value in God's heart and in the kingdom of God. The work that comes before you this week, pushing the papers, setting up the classroom, cleaning the house, doing the laundry, clocking in, making the widget, there is that, but there's also more than that that's going on. The bills that you're going to pay, the food that you're going to eat, the kids that you're going to care for, there are all of these things, but in every situation in life, what we're doing is real and it matters as it is, but it's also more than that because it belongs in the eternal kingdom of God. 
This is part of what the blessing does. We need these kinds of kingdom eyes. I think this is a big part of what Jesus uh, did and the power that was in his ministry because when he walked around, he tried to see things uh, that, that had meaning from a different reality and he spoke that into existence. He helped people see that kind of thing. And so what if we started giving thanks to God or giving the blessing to God and everything in our life with ourselves. What if we just every day started out by saying, God, here I am. I'm going to lift myself up to you and say that I belong to you. And I know that you've got something more for me today than what I realize. And you believe something more for me than what I realize uh, and about me. And so I, I pray that you would just make those things a reality. You'd situate my life in your kingdom and help me belong to that kingdom and have meaning in that kingdom. And then what if we went through the rest of our day and everything that came into us, whether it was something really difficult or really small or really huge, we just lifted all those things up to God and said, God, I see this in a certain way, but I know that in, in your kingdom it has a whole different kind of meaning, so would you just uh, take this and help me to see it for what it is in your sight? Maybe it's a relationship that you have. And you see particular contours of it, and you see certain kinds of things in it, but, but you want to be able to have that kingdom perspective. So you just lift that relationship to God. Maybe it's a difficult relationship, and you can't find a way through it, and there's something going on, and even in that circumstance, what if we just lifted those up to God, that financial trial that you're going through? And man, it's hard. You know how, how, how it's going to uh, fit together. You just lift that up to God and say, God, I thank you for what you're doing in this uh, season of life right now. I pray that you'd help me see it. The thorn in your flesh that you're dealing with. That obstacle at work. That career decision. That parenting battle. That personal struggle that you have. Even the joys and the ordinary things of life, like washing the dishes. to give thanks in this moment. Lift them up to God. God, I realize that there is this, but it's also more than this. Help me to see it. Thank you for it. We bless them. We hold them up to God and we let them be a part of a bigger kingdom that belongs to a greater king. I wonder if this is part of what uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 is talking about. And uh, when it says this, rejoice always, Pray continually. Give thanks. Speak the blessing in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Today, we're going to close uh, by singing some more. Uh, singing an old song that we all know the, the shape of this song and contours. It might have an, an extra chorus in there or something, but it's, it's the song Blessed Assurance. And so we're going to sing that together in a minute. I'm going to ask you to stand. And then one of the other things that we're going to do this morning is we're going to have some blessing stations uh, in the sanctuary. And so, Bo, you're going to help out with this, right? So can you stand right over here? And um, who else was going to help me out uh, with this this morning? Um, 
Do we have anybody else? I texted a number of people, and then have people have been going back and forth. All right, we're going to have two, Bo, so you got to bless quickly. Uh, so I'm going to stand right over here, and when you come forward, um, I've got kind of a generic thing that, that I'm going to say, just God, we thank you for this person who belongs to you. We pray that you'd help them to be situated in the kingdom, and may your kingdom reality transform their life and circumstances in the light of your glory and grace, something like that. If you have a particular situation that you need a good word spoken of, when you come forward, just say, uh, this is what I'd like you to speak over today. And you can be as generic as you want or as specific as you want, and, uh, and Bo and I will try and just speak that word of blessing to help us all recognize that there is that thing that's going on or this, there is this person that I'm bringing forward in myself, but there's also more to the glory of God.